Hello, and welcome to the Workplace Justice Podcast. This podcast helps to inform and empower you about your rights within the workplace. We cover topics and examples of various matters in employment law, including sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, racial discrimination, how the courts define a hostile work environment, whistleblowing, and everything in between. Workplace Justice is brought to you by the New York City employment and civil rights law firm, Nassar Law Group. Here are your hosts, Mahir Nassar, Casey Wolnowski, and Jeffrey Rosenberg. Thank you for listening to the Workplace Justice Podcast. My name is Meyer Nassar, and I am the host. Today's podcast involves two guests. This is the first time that we have two guests on the show, and they are two individuals that I am so excited to hear from, especially in light of all that is happening in this country with respect to parental leave. Today, we have Sue Campbell, who is a writer, author, and coach who has worked with the Center for Parental Leave Leadership since its early days, helping to communicate the transformative impact of their core mission. Her writing, often focused on issues important to parents, has been published in many outlets, including Prevention, Good Housekeeping, Scary Mommy, and Mamelode. And we also are joined by Dr. Amy Beacom, who is the founder and CEO of the Center for Parental Leave Leadership, the first full-service consultancy in the U.S. to focus exclusively on parental leave. She conceived of and began developing the field of parental leave coaching and consulting in 2006. Drawing on over 25 years in executive leadership development and coaching, Amy consults with Fortune 100 companies, international organizations, working parents, and more to transform the way our companies and our country engage with the parental leave transition. Amy is the co-author of the Parental Leave Playbook, 10 Touchpoints to Transition Smoothly, Strengthen Your Family, and Continue Building Your Career. This is also being co-authored by Sue Campbell. So both of you have written this book collectively. So tell me a little bit about it and thank you for joining the show. So I'll, I'll let you, Sue, start and give us a little background into the Parental Leave Playbook. Sure. So the book was really the culmination of a lot of the work that Amy had put together over the work that we'd been doing with clients within organizations. And Amy was approached by a publisher who wanted us to write the book. So there was a lot of back and forth about the book we wanted to write and the book that we ultimately ended up with because Amy's work and the center's work centers on how do we go into the employer and change the system from within and get it to work as well as it possibly can within our more broken federal system where we don't have any paid parental leave. So the book became a coach in the employee's hand in the new parent's hand so that they can navigate in their workplace and hopefully help change that system from within. And then someday we will get to writing that book for the managers as well. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And so Dr. Amy, tell us a little bit about your experience in writing this book in terms of also the efforts that you're doing with your center. Sure. Thank you. We wrote this book during the pandemic. As Sue mentioned, the Mm -hmm. publisher reached out to me and I said, no way am I doing this alone. (laughs) I need to do this with Sue. We have children home, we're schooling, we're running companies, we're doing all these things. And so the writing of the book was an experience in itself of how do you navigate workplace issues? You know, how do you navigate this timeframe? So that, that was, it was actually a really wonderful experience. It was a 
as Sue said, the culmination of a dream that I've had for a very long time to make this a national conversation. How do we improve our workplaces? And not just from the policy standpoint, the paid leave standpoint, but how do we create processes and practice that everyone knows, everyone does, it becomes the way that it happens in this country so that each new parent and each manager are not having to reinvent the wheel with every parental leave. And I should just mention, because a lot of preconceptions come along with the words parental leave, when we talk about parental leave, we're talking about a three-phase transition. We define it as a three-phase transition over roughly a year plus of time, preparing for leave, during leave and returning from leave. So some of that is happening in the preparing at work stage, some of it's happening at home during leave, and some of it's happening on that return. So that's important. As you move through those different identities of worker into parent, and then into combining that as a working parent on the return. Yeah. And that's great because I think, as you mentioned, I mean, those different aspects of the transition phase going from one to three, they are very different and they have different requirements for not just the the parent and the family, but also for the employer and how to kind of navigate through that. I think that could be really helpful for people to know exactly how to tackle that. So, I mean, especially in light of the fact that it seems like a lot of it may have come into play during this pandemic, you must have seen so much so many issues that have come across in terms of revealing these cracks mm-hmm. with respect to not only the laws, but how it's impacted mm-hmm. families throughout this country. Tell us a little bit about like how your center is trying to do more in terms of helping families in light of what has been shown in, in the actual pandemic. Yeah, I think those cracks were always there. What's happened is the spotlight's been shined on them and they've been, right. they're they're now exposed for people beyond parents to see. That's a really helpful thing. It brings a lot of the issues they were facing into the light. Unfortunately, it does mean there's a lot more people facing them now as well, just because of what we've experienced. What we do at the Center for Parental Leave Leadership is anything and everything to help companies and parents during this time frame. But what that looks like specifically for companies is policy creation or expansion. So what does Mm -hmm. a paid leave policy look like? We always recommend that it be gender neutral. That means that all people are included no matter their gender identity or ability to give birth in any policy in equal amounts, that that is at minimum, not at maximum, at minimum a 12-week policy, if at all possible that it is 100% pay, that it is not a partial pay, that there's no delay. And a lot of the reasons we recommend this is so that companies avoid many of the workplace legal issues that you work with through your firm that can help decrease gender discrimination, pregnancy discrimination, lawsuits, various employment lawsuits and issues. So that's one thing. With On the company side, we also do manager training so that they are given permission to manage this and are taught how to manage this time frame well and to mm-hmm. use it as an opportunity for deepening relationships and communication and commitment to companies. And another piece that we do is our, what we call retain parental leave coaching. It's the only evidence-based mm-hmm. coaching method around this time frame to exist. 
And it is a manager new parent aligned program so that that manager is getting coaching and being taught the same process and language as well as the new parent. So what we're doing by doing that is we're sending the message, this is not the new parent's problem to fix. This is a systemic problem that we all all are facing together and we can best tackle it together. And I think as we think, as we talk about workplace justice and, and discrimination lawsuits and those things, it's very easy to get into an us-them mentality. And that can be avoided if you are really in this together and you're listening and you're communicating and you're planning together. That doesn't always work, which is why lawyers in this field are really important. But it can go far to changing that dynamic and proactively getting in there before issues arise. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess one of the things that I've noted, you know, especially during this pandemic, especially on my side, representing employees and and seeing how companies will do what they need in order to protect the bottom line is that it seems like to me the most vulnerable people throughout this pandemic, and I even think in any kind of recession, happen to be pregnant women. Yeah, I think that that is something that is just not really shed light on. But from what I have witnessed and what I have seen, I don't have statistics to back it up because I don't think that that necessarily is something that they want to show. But it is clear to me that from the calls I receive from from the mothers that reach out, that it is a consistent issue that the companies out there are just terminating and using these recessions, financial issues, and situations as a basis to kind of clean house, to say. And that's really sad. And what, what I think really is helpful, especially in light of your center and the coaching that you provide, is is really being putting that individual, that employee, that mom, that dad that is looking for leave options to be in a position to be able to protect that job yeah. in light of whatever they need in order to take care of their family. So yeah. I think there's a lot of value in light of that and especially what we've seen. Uh, so like kind of taking it over into like your coaching. Mm-hmm. So kind of give us a little background in terms of how your coaches within your center help individuals that are starting a family? Sure. This year, starting in March, we just launched our first external cohort of coaches that we train. So we Mm -hmm. had 36 Mm -hmm. individuals go through that program. So there are now, as of last week, 36 more (laughs) coaches out in the world, retained certified parental leave coaches. And retain is an acronym. It's not just about retention into your job, although, of course, we want that for people because they need employment. But it's also about the retention of your identity, the retention of your family, your dreams, your hopes, your your career and path, you know, whatever it is that you're really wanting to keep. So anyway, retain coaches work with that new parent, ideally from the early days when they're just starting to think about preparing for for leave and walk them through what you'll see in the book are these 10 touch points that we talk about. Mm -hmm. That starts with, just to get practical for your listeners, announcement. How are you going to announce? How are you going to set the tone? Who do you do that with? When do you do it? What do you say? And so we don't want people going in or hiding their pregnancy 
if they, right? We want them to be proud of it. We want them to be excited about that. We want them to go in and say, we've got this. I'm, I'm planning this. I'm giving, we're going to work together over these next few months before I go on leave to create a plan that boosts up the rest of the team. And, you know, we'll figure it out. So with confidence and clarity. And then on the flip side of that, we're also teaching the managers how to respond to announcements. It's not, oh my gosh, you can't go. What are we going to do without you? You know, it's right. how wonderful, exciting. Let's get a get. Let's get a time on the calendar. Right. Um, so that's just a first one. Sue, yeah. do you want to pop in? I feel like I'm hogging the airwaves here. <laughs> no worries. One of the other points that I wanted to make is just sort of a philosophical one that speaks to what you were saying, Meyer. Is when employers take that position of I'm going to use this as an excuse to get rid of someone because I'm worried about making this business successful. That is a huge missed opportunity. Huge. Because parents, (laughs) right? Whether it's mothers, fathers, whomever, parents, once they become parents, Mm -hmm. have the potential to develop absolute superpowers of clarity, prioritization, communication, juggling multiple priorities. If you can support a parent and retain them through this very challenging transition, you have an absolute rock star employee at the end of it who can help you grow your yeah. bottom line. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent true. So I just wanted to put that in there as a frame. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and listen, a lot of unfortunately, a lot of discrimination that tends to happen within the workplace tends to be that they're ultimately the principles behind what they're doing it for are not really profitable in the long run. They're short-term gains. They're missed. Right. Right. They're missed opportunities. Like you mentioned, I think you brought up some amazing points of what kind of value they're giving up Mm -hmm. by trying to save in the short term. And it's really, really short-term thinking. And it's, and it's not only just in terms of money because ultimately businesses in many ways, in terms of whatever they learn and doing their MBAs is about making profit. And a lot of times that comes into conflict with doing the right thing, right? And that's been one of the greatest struggles that I think any practitioner that is looking to try to educate and advocate for people has been is that how do we kind of balance that issue, especially in light of the fact that, you know, obviously for an employer, they have an individual that is going to be not at at work. They're going to be out and there is a process that they have to kind of engage in, in order to determine what kind of an accommodation, what kind of rights that individual has, what they can do. And it becomes an issue that is always addressed on a regular basis. And a lot of these issues are looked at from a very different lens from all perspectives. And I think it's important, like what you mentioned in terms of having not just the conversation on behalf of the employee, but also those trainings to the managers on how to address these issues, I think are very, very important. I just want to emphasize what you're saying the way we approach it is there isn't a conflict between profit and doing the right thing that actually doing right here is the profit, right? Right. There isn't. Absolutely. Yes. It is tremendously expensive to replace employees and to have employees show up who hate their company, who are angry, who are there just for a paycheck. That is an outrageously expensive proposition for very little cost. You can do this time, right? and have a really strengthening effect on your 
brand, on your attraction, on your employee base, on the health and wellness, it cuts insurance costs. The business case is airtight. So anyone who's listening who still thinks, well, I don't know, we're going to cut somebody because it's going to save us a buck this quarter is it should be fired. Yeah, I agree with that. In terms of other touch points, I'm very intrigued. Can you give us another one in terms of what you, because <laughs> I know that, listen, for those that are listening, I mean, this, this playbook, I mean, just from the first one, and I think just kind of talking about the first one in itself, one of the things that I tend to try to put out to a lot of people that reach out to me, especially whether it's on social media or any of my content that I put out is developing that paper trail, mm-hmm. having that paper trail available to you. And a lot of times, a lot of, interestingly, what I've seen across the board, a lot of executive leaders they don't necessarily uh, encourage employees to disclose their pregnancy, that they think that if they disclose it, whether it's at the interview stage or whether they're at that employment, that it's going to be something that's going to limit their opportunities altogether. And while that may be true, but when you have it in a paper trail, when you have some kind of evidence to support that they were aware, their overall thought process and their behavior completely changes. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't give them that opening that they may want to have in the event that they want to do the wrong thing. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just following up on touch point. Number one, <laughs> I'm interested in the other ones as well. So feel free if you'd like to share another one to the listeners. Yeah. So the, the second touch point is doing an assessment, right? So a lot of people want to jump straight into action planning, just like, Oh, how am I going to hand this off? Right. Which is the third touch point. We want you to be really thoughtful and slow down and do an assessment of all angles of what is happening, right? So we have a tool, a brilliant tool that is an evidence-based tool to do that assessment. And in the course of that assessment, determine what are my assets in this situation and what are my liabilities and how am I going to use my assets to increase my chances of success and how can I minimize the potential for these liabilities to cause a problem for me? So we have a tool called the Parental Leave Transition Assessment or the PLTA, but anybody can do this on their own as well, right? It's just a little more like get down in the weeds with yourself. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at your particular situation. Is your company going through a reorganization? Are they having, you know, issues related to the pandemic where they're worried about profit? That impacts your situation. Um, Do you have a great supportive manager? Great. That's an asset to your situation. Then you're looking at yourself. What are you bringing to the table? Do you maybe have anxiety because the first time you had a child, things didn't go well with your job? Do you maybe actually feel really strongly that you're such a great asset to the company that they'd be crazy to mess with you during this time, right? You're looking at what you're bringing to it. And sometimes those are positive assets. And sometimes those are things that, you know, have been a challenge for you in the past. Then you're going to look at your strategies. What are the possibilities? What are all of the ways and strategies that you can employ during this entire transition to try to get where you want to be, right? And there's no right or wrong answer for where you want to be at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Amy, I always, then there's also sabotages. Support. Right. So what are... Mm -hmm. Supports. Yep. What are your supports? Do you have a great boss? Do you have a great partner? Do you have a great support network at home? Do you not have some support? Do you have some gaps in those areas? So you're looking at that. Then you're looking at all of your liabilities 
that you've identified and saying, which one of these are like sabotages, which one of these could really be problematic. And you're Mm going to think about that and really make sure you know what those are. And they might be internal and they might be external to your situation. Mm -hmm. And then finally, you have suggestions. So what are the suggestions I can make to those around me that would help this process for everybody? And you're always looking for that win-win, right? How do I make this a win-win? Right. So you stop and do that assessment before you move into action planning. Yeah. And action planning should not just cover how to hand off work so you can get out the door. Your action planning covers how do I return to the workplace in a way that's going to work for me, my family, my manager, Mm -hmm. my colleagues who covered for me, the entire organization as a whole. So that planning process has to happen up front and then also get everybody on board that it may need to be adjusted. I've built in some contingency plans here in case things don't go the way I think they're going to go. Right. And I'll add two things. One, all of these things are in the book. So we walk you through how to do all of this. And there's links to our leave planning template, which has multiple tabs across all of these that you you know have access to. So that's all in there. The other thing I would say is that to your point about developing a paper trail, This does that, right? By having these, uh, having a process, having it be clear, having it be documented, you have something that you are going back to. You have a trail with your manager of when you've emailed around this, when you've had a meeting around this, what was said, what you agreed to. So we think of the leave document both as a reference tool and as a hold you to the your feet to the fire tool, right? Right, right, It really works that way. And importantly, I just want to say again, when you are going into this, your mind frame shouldn't be, I'm in opposition to my employer because you create Mm -hmm. what you think. And so by going in and saying, I am here, I'm excited to do this with you. Let's use this as a way to improve our relationship and our teamwork and you're thinking from that perspective, you are more likely to create that outcome. At the same time, you'll have this information in place should you need it. The other thing that we do through the during leave time, often people think about leave planning, just as Sue said, handing off your work. So we're also having people really consider what they need during leave, both around supports, around their rights, around childbirth. We talk a lot about the rights and for the for your listeners i just want to say in a workplace setting we very rarely talk about birth <laughs> and so you're probably dependent on your hospital to tell you about your birth planning and those kinds of things so your rights around birth are very basic you have the right to make all of the decisions about your care on the inf- basis of the information advice and support you get from your providers but that decision rests with you and you have the right to non-discriminatory discriminatory treatment, period. So those just remember, you have the right at all times to make the decisions about your care. If you are in an emergency situation, you still have the right to make decisions about your care. So having someone who is there as your advocate, having someone that learning about these things ahead of time, that's one of the things our coaches help people with in the planning stage. 
We also do perinatal mental health screenings at every session throughout all phases of leave. And then we have a referral partner, postpartum support international, so that people are getting help if there's any perinatal mental health issues. And for your listeners, I'll just mention that we often think about postpartum depression in women, but we have one in five birthing parents have a perinatal mood or anxiety disorder, which can happen at any stage of this time frame, and it could be anxiety, OCD, depression, any those issues. But one in 10 new dads do as well and non-birthing parents. So that's something that people wow. don't think about and can mm. lead to all sorts of issues at work and feeling forced out of work if there's not space for you to be confident and bring yourself back to work. So that's another area where we support and bring awareness and and help. That's wonderful. And I wanted to kind of touch upon another aspect that you kind of mentioned with respect to fathers, mm-hmm. especially in light of the fact that we just had Father's Day last Sunday. And <laughs> one of the major challenges that we continuously seem to see here is that we don't see enough fathers taking parental leave to its fullest mm-hmm especially where it's available in specific states that have the option to bond with their newborns. Can you talk a little bit about what you have seen and how your playbook as well as your coaching could help fathers that want to not only be encouraged and supported through this process, but also know exactly how to go about it in light of the systems that exist, the environment that exists, and that somewhat somewhat makes it a little bit more difficult for men to really take the time for their kids. Yeah, it's such an important point. And we wrote this book for all parents, no matter their gender identification. That was Mm -hmm. very important to us. We believe fiercely that until dads are taking equal amounts of leave as birthing parents, we are not going to be in a situation of equity or equality in this country around this time around Mm -hmm. caregiving. So parental leave at its core is a equity issue. It's pay equity, it's gender equity, it's racial equity, it's it's an equity issue. And so Mm -hmm. that takes two forms and people usually focus on the moms and work. What they're just beginning to focus on is the dads and caregiving. And so Mm -hmm. being able to create time and space and expectations and openness for dads to be equal caregivers at home allows for that equality at work. And it creates an entirely revolutionary new phase of life for those dads. And we're just at the very beginning stages of that. So our plea to your listeners who are dads is to please take any and all leave that you are entitled to, that you are able to fight for more than you are given, take it. See this as an equity issue. And we've had some really high profile lawsuits in this country around dads who are not given the, it's illegal to not have the same amount of leave, right? In many ways, in many places. I I actually shouldn't say that. I will defer to the lawyer in the room, but <laughs> there is a an equity issue here for dads that is so, so key. So take your leave, fight for more leave. It is the exact time where your family foundation is created and the roots of who you get to be as a father, as a parent, as a partner or spouse take root. And so if you don't have that time, 
it can't take root and it will just lead to a dead tree. (laughs) It makes it very difficult. So, And the data is actually really clear on this is not just good for dads. It's good for children. It's good for the mothers. It's good for the workplace culture, right? So don't think of it as being selfish. Oh, I'm going to be selfish and take all my leave and leave everybody high and dry. No, you are doing good in the world and in your family and in your workplace by being that example. And the benefits that you will get from that will be rippling throughout the rest of your life. And in many ways, dads are where we were 10 years ago where moms had a, a couple weeks and having to f- fight for what they need. Dads are, are there now. It's like, oh, we might have right. a couple weeks, but we, so ask your ladies how they did it. Ask us. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And really you can, again, come from that win-win place and yeah. make the case in your workplace of, look, I know it's really important to the company to grow our female talent pipeline One of the ways we actually do that is by making sure that men are empowered to be equal caregivers. Then there's not this unconscious bias that we might all have about, oh, so-and-so is going to go out and have a baby and leave, right? I want to help bring our workplace culture forward, and I want to help us meet that goal of growing our female talent pipeline by doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's all key. I mean, it's it's, uh, knowing your rights, taking your leave and being able to do it on a regular basis and making sure that you're, it's not taking advantage, but it's actually exercising your rights and what I think really helps our society to grow. And I think that that you've touched upon some amazing topics in this area. And I think the work that you're, that you both and your center is doing as well as this parental leave playbook, I think is, is so essential for not only parents that are looking to expand their family, but also those that are looking to grow their family and build their family from the very beginning. So I think it's important, especially when you're concerned and you're stressed out about seeking leave and what options exist. You know, as Dr. Amy and Sue have talked about, there are different steps and and certainly there are different ways in which you have to deal with it. And I think that these resources can be extremely helpful. So we will be posting the link of not only having access to being able to purchase the book, but also linking the center uh, directly within so that if you are looking to seek their services, if you're looking for coaching, if you're looking for just general information, so any questions that you have, you can reach out directly to Dr. Amy Beacom and Sue Campbell. I want to thank you both for giving us your time and sharing with us all of your knowledge and uh, expertise in this area and for really putting out this book and developing the center on this issue, I think is is so important for families uh, throughout this country. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And thank you for your work as well. There's a lot of overlap, (laughs) (laughs) right? A lot of common (laughs) passion. Absolutely. Well, thank you both. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us today on the Workplace Justice Podcast. Love this episode? Leave us a review and tell us what you think about our show. If you haven't subscribed yet, head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss a new episode. Need help? Talk to an employment lawyer today. Visit our website at nisarlaw.com or call 212-600-9534 for your free case evaluation. 
see you in the next episode. 